Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us. Friday edition. Happy weekend to you. Yeah. Live from 6th and Peabody in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeehaw beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, everything made right here on site, right in the heart of downtown Nashville. Packed, packed full of sports fans. I know there's a country music um, seminar that's been going on all week. A lot of those folks are waiting on other events, so they're here. Um, if you're coming to Nashville, you got to check out 6th and Peabody, uh, right behind the Music City Center and uh, block from Bridgestone Arena. Lots of bachelorette parties in here today. Lots of bachelor Back parties. into wedding season. Hutton, they, I'm, I marvel at your ability to put in a, a cough drop or a mint uh-huh. right before you start the show. I have one in right now. And yeah. no one can tell. I've got one in right now, and I feel like I'm doing a very bad job of hiding it. So I said that, and I was like, you know, I could get through this lifesaver before, during the commercial break. I'm nowhere close. And you put one in, and I, I can't tell that it's in there. Thank you. It's amazing. <laughs> What's your secret? Wait, do I say thank you to that line? Yeah, what's your secret? Do you just have a huge mouth where you can store these cough drops? Like, how does that happen? You put one in and I can't even tell. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> first time you turned that one. Uh, seriously, though, what's your secret? I, I can't do it either. Do you hide it behind your tongue? It's up in my, it's like, it's uh, instead of the lower cheek, I've got it up near my, uh, what would have been my wisdom teeth up here in the upper jaw. That's where I keep it. So... I'm doing that right now. Close it, up does, that. it does work a little bit better when you yeah. do that. But this is almost like the equivalent of dipping. <laughs> You're <laughs> dipping a breath mint, right? You're just letting it dissolve on your gums, much like you would the front of your lip if you get a little, so I, uh, get a little dip in. My, my mentors in radio, Larry Stone, Sports Radio 104.7, and uh, Mike Keith, voice of the Tennessee Titans. Mike, is he's got like... Um, you know, 10 Hall's cough drops out in front of him. And one of my He's first gigs... He's got a Walgreens gigs, pharmacy in front of him. Oh, yeah. What, what, uh, and, the, and, and the travel case, too. I mean, they, they, they pack that stuff full of all kinds of stuff. Well, um, one of my first gigs after internships were complete was a part-time employee with the Titans Radio Network, and they sent me with Mike on the Nashville Cats home and road games as the engineer. It was just me and him, and... That's when I, for lack of a better way to explain this, became addicted to Hall's cough drops because Mike used them so often and I was just, you know, popping hey them in the same way. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, Mike, by the way, announced a play-by-play of a ping pong tournament at CRS last night at the Omni. And I just got a ping pong table. Coincidence? Oh, training for next year. Pool table and ping pong table. That's yeah, the top of the ping pong, uh, pool That's table. Awesome. We haven't played it. It was a celebrity deal. Celebrity deal. And it was awesome. Uh, it was it was two on two, and they had like eight ping pong tables lined up, and so it, you know they, they just kept rattling off all these names and introducing all the special guests. I'm like, how you know how big is this tournament? You know, we we had been to um, we, Claire and I went to the uh, uh, there's a ping pong tournament with Joseph Newgarden 
for the the city race, the IndyCar race here in town. And, um, you know, his ping pong tournament was awesome. It was one-on-one. And it took, you know, maybe five minutes to announce everyone. This was like a 15-minute introduction because they're just one after the other with all these uh, musicians and just people around town that were, were playing this kid rock, you know, came out and he just kept going. After that, I thought, oh, this is the, the big time celeb and, you know, the kid Nashville understands the kid. Um, and they just kept rattling them off. And eventually, David Reed. David Reed was at Bridgestone Arena. He, he could have made it in time so to Paul, participate. So Paul uh, is going to be practicing for next year's tournament. It's going to be him, him versus John Rich. They'll probably both need step stools to see over the top of the table. <laughs> oh, now that is a one-on-one. Funny. That's a one-on-one. Um, a, I tower over John Rich. B, I'm not, <laughs> you do not tower. Oh, no, I'm not you do not tower over him. That's because every time you see him, he's wearing those high heel boots. Well, maybe you should take high a heel. take a hint. I don't want to. He's wear wearing high the heel he's wearing boots. the Prince the platforms platform shoes that Prince would wear. John um, Rich is a like tiny Chappelle man. show, yeah. Chappelle show Prince, tiny man. <laughs> hey, uh, Reed, you were at Bridgestone last night. Uh, we're going to get to what the the big event tomorrow in a moment. You're you're at Bridgestone last night for the Pecorine uh, number retirement. We opened the show with our thoughts on the statue, uh, and you can go back and check that on the podcast wherever you download your audio this weekend. Um, curious to get your thoughts on the ceremony at 6 p.m. leading up to the 7:30 faceoff uh, Nashville and Dallas, and just how everything was so well done. Oh well. I would- it was well done once it started. So okay. they, they didn't send. So they really didn't notify everyone that this was going to be a six p.m. ceremony until like twenty-four hours before it happened. So all the garages downtown were full of people who worked downtown. So there was no parking. Traffic was backed up. It was raining. You know what happens in cities like Nashville when a, a drop of rain falls from the sky. They cancel school, and all of a sudden, no one can drive. So it was a late-arriving crowd. So the, it was maybe at half capacity when the ceremony actually started at 6. But from the moment you walked in, um, the place looked great. They had shirts there for everyone to put on. Um, the video, they started rolling a video package of uh, he and uh, former goalie Chris Mason just watching some of the highlights of his career leading up to the ceremony. And that itself was was well done. Mace, just, Mace does a great yeah, job. And just that. watching those two guys, both sitting there with clearly with tears in their eyes looking back over his career. But... I thought everything, everyone did a, a great job. Uh, Pete Weber, the voice of the Nashville Predators, uh, is a great MC, and Pekka did a great – for someone who is always cordial but never never the type who has this gregarious personality and would volunteer necessarily to speak up or, or be in that put in that situation, you could tell that he was – Truly humbled by it, but still awkward to be talking about himself and his career. He still wanted to make it about his teammates and the organization and everybody who uh, helped him out to to get to that point yesterday. Uh, but it was a great ceremony. I, uh, it's it's funny though, walking in that building without Pecorine in it to me is completely different. Now there's a different energy in that building. There's a different energy around this team, and that's not necessarily a good thing. But it was great to walk back in there one more time and to relive the moments over the course of his career, career and relive that Stanley Cup Finals run in 2017. Uh, it, it livened that place up for the first time in a long time. Well, an outstanding post by you. Um, I thought very well said and to the point where he said, and, and Reed, you can clarify, but you said something like uh, Pekka – Tonight you made me cry, and 
for the first time, it's all your fault. Yeah. Which is the chant for uh, the opposing goaltenders whenever they allow a goal. Yeah, that's good. That's well done. Clever. It was well done. it was it was one of those nights where you you kind of reflect on a lot of things, but you you kind of look around and say, This is why sports. This is why, because it's something that can make us feel this way. It can make us emotional. In, in a split second, it can bring back a memory from 10 years ago, and we can feel like we're right back in that moment again. And that's the way I felt. Like watching the highlight of the save Pekka made against the, the Chicago Blackhawks where the puck caroms off of one of those stanchions on the ice wall very awkwardly, and he has to dive back across oh, and fling yeah. his stick out and blocks that shot. That is the block that killed the Chicago Blackhawks run uh, in the early 2000s is one of the dominant teams in the NHL. So I was right back in that moment. I could feel myself almost watching from the same seat I was watching from when that happened back in 2017. It was one of those nights where you're like, yeah, this is why sports matters to us so much in life. Are you guys criers when you look back at your your favorite sports moments? Because I cry pretty easily. I cry at movies all the time. I cry at Mickey dying in the Rocky series. But like I look back at the greatest Yankees highlights of my life, which are my biggest sports moments, and I, I, tears are not where I go. That's because Yankees fans are perpetually angry about everything. <laughs> That's the only emotion that Yankees fans. When the Yankees won four out of five World Series, <laughs> I was not angry. I love how Paul is not a, not a statue guy, and in, in I mean Monument Park. I mean, because there anything more obnoxious <laughs> is, in, well, in all of sports? He clarified it by saying it's you know the Hall of Fame or. Um, He's trying to put a a line that's higher yeah. across the sports world. Than a, lot of, a lot of guys, I'm, a lot of guys in there who are overrated. I'm not a big sports crier either. Never have been. Th- yeah. Thinking about sports, yeah. it was. I mean, it, it, to Reed's point, it, it was a cool ceremony last night, and he talked about the humility of, of Becca Rene, just such a humble guy, and it's legitimate. I laughed at one point, and when he's trying to speak, he told everybody to sit down. <laughs> There was just long standing ovation. <laughs> okay, guys, sit down. All right, sit down, please. All right, let, let me get started. Like, please, this is getting uncomfortable for me. Uh, it, it was it was really well done, and there were a lot of people who were emotional uh, watching that last night. I, I'm a little bit like you, Paul, in that for whatever reason, the older I get, the one time that I will cry is if it's a movie and it's like the perfect music to it, like the emotional music with an emotional part in the movie. It'll get me occasionally, very rarely. But I'm like, Angie will look at me. He's like, are you crying? And she never cries. And I'm like, I can't help it. It's like the song. It's whatever's going on with the music. They've orchestrated something to make me cry. It gets me every time. I cry at the end of Field of Dreams every time. That'll get me too. We're excited and we're not crying about the, the scene tomorrow night at Nissan Stadium. You've got the stadium series that continues tomorrow night across the NHL. Uh, here in Nashville as the Preds host the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's it's quite the setup uh, with some of the photos that have been released. You can see them here. We're going to describe them. The, the fisheye look of, of Nissan Stadium and how the Preds and how the NHL has set this up is fantastic. Um, where you can see end zone to end zone, scoreboard to scoreboard with the ice dead set in the middle. That from the Preds Twitter account. That's just a terrific picture. That's and then from here's, your press box. Yeah, seat, huh? so here's my press box seat where I'm I'm sitting normally about the 25 to 30 yard line, and 
that it's the angle of the the, the media will have uh, much lower than maybe what you would have expected where you're watching the game because you're more over the top of the football field. And with the, the way you've got the barrier set up for, for the ice, um, it kind of cuts off part of your vision there for, especially in the corners, I would find it extremely difficult to call a game from the Nissan Stadium level. It's perfect for football. It's one of the best venues to call a game from. One of the two best in the league. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Football uh, press boxes. Baltimore's is not going to be good for this. Baltimore is the other. And, and this, it, this is why you've got to be up close on the ice to call this game. That's where the broadcast uh, team will be. So uh, well done with the setup there at Nissan Stadium. I mean, what should be a great atmosphere? I think they're going to get 60,000 plus. We hit on this earlier uh, in the week. Um, I still haven't been asked if I can get access to tickets. And I, I, I find that interesting um, because... I've had I, one person ask if I'm going. Okay. Not four tickets, but only one but, person. But, you know, normally you get the big event. You know, how many people came up and said, hey, can you, do you have tickets to the playoff run, the, the Preds run? Do you have tickets to the NFL draft uh, access on some of these rooftops, right? There was, you know, 300,000 people to 60,000. I get it, 69,000 would be capacity. But the stadium that, that you'll see, and Steve Lehman did a great job for News Channel 5 of uh, putting out a video of uh, the, the skate earlier today. Um, they're expecting a, a very solid crowd, and I, I hope so. I hope it puts Nashville on full display because they've got some major events that they're going to try, and, uh, try to host, and this is yet another chance for Music City to be the it city um, for some of these big sporting events and, and decisions to come, like the World Cup. You know, one of the host cities for the World Cup can be right here in, in Music City. At, at the risk of sounding like old man Paul on this one, um, I see that picture and there's nothing about that picture that makes me want to attend that event at all. Which one? S- sorry, the picture of the ice on a football field. You're going because you're saying, telling people that you went. I'm not seeing anything. Well, again, I, I would say from someone who's it's been to better it, than it's you better think. than you would think. I, I was expecting that, not, well, not to see That picture does an awful job for me one. looking at it of seeing anything that I would want to go to. Yeah, I would say, I mean, Hutton and I have been saying this. And you, I'm all for big events tell. in Nashville. I'm all for this event happening. I, that's, I see that picture and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is something I'm glad I didn't spend money to go to. You can't tell. Hutton and I, I think, are in complete agreement on this. You can't tell from... Seeing a game, seeing it on TV, or seeing pictures like that, what it's like to be there live, and it's worth doing once for sure. Um, say two guys who were treated like royalty going as media guests um, to one at Yankee Stadium, but we were, it's we worth were, doing once. We were carried for in for sure. We were carried in like pharaohs in yeah, the Yankee Stadium. We really were. This was an event when it, when it was first announced. I was very excited and wanted to go, and then quickly saw ticket prices and was like. Uh, and that kind of tamped it down some, but see, being at the at the Bridgestone Arena last night for the jersey ceremony and being around town today, there are a lot of Tampa Bay Lightning fans in here, and I just don't really out. understand that because it's 81 degrees in Tampa right now, and it's well, 36 in Nashville. But I, uh, but seeing them around town makes me miss feel like I'm missing out on something now that I initially was excited about and then wasn't excited about. But now seeing everybody here in town, it makes me realize, yeah, this is going to be a big event. And, and they're I kind invading of your turf. They well, are. Invading but, your but it's going to feel like Purdue at the Music City Bowl tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Because you, you, don't, you, I mean, you want yeah. to feel like you're missing out, you book Chicago or Detroit for this game. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think if Tampa shows up like Purdue did for the Music City Bowl, that's great for the city. That's a, that was a 
decent contingent. You're seeing the Tampa yeah, fans it, because they're out today. Preds fans right. are at it was work. It a decent right? contingent, yeah. but exactly. it was a home raucous atmosphere for the oh, Tennessee I, yeah. Volunteers. Look, I am shocked to see this many Tampa Bay fans here mm-hmm. right now well, I expected at all. None. I expected all Preds fans. And or Dave, just you said there were some last that night? wanted to go to the event. Yeah, there were some. There were some at the game last night. See, there were I, a couple I'm of obnoxious ones behind me all night long that I had to deal with. See, I'm surprised you could get a ticket to that game last night, um, given given. Given the, the situation. The Pekka, yeah, the Pekka night, mm-hmm. I would think it would have been a really tough ticket. Well, that that's another reason why you don't book Chicago or Detroit because they would have been Oh yeah. They would have been at that game too. <laughs> so um yeah, I, I hey, Dallas would qualify as well, uh, as a, a team that I think would travel well for this. And you've already had the experience of the outdoor game um on New Year's Day between those two. It'll it'll be cool. I'm I'm excited for it, excited for the college hoops as well. Coming up, speaking of that, and speaking of Tennessee, we've got Austin Price of AllQuest.com, and we'll get into what is not just a good SEC basketball game on tap for us tomorrow with Tennessee and Auburn. Chad put it well. It, it's one of the best college basketball games scheduled all season. We'll get Austin's take on that. We'll preview that and much more straight ahead on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We roll on from 6th and Peabody. We await Austin Price of VolQuest.com, previewing what's going to be a great college basketball game and atmosphere between the Vols and Tigers, Tennessee and Auburn, tomorrow afternoon. I have a Twitter beef based on that game tomorrow All right. uh, from earlier today. But right. We talked about it, and I said this is going to be one of the – this is one of the biggest games of the college basketball season, uh, to which someone responded to me and said, I need to find the exact wording – he says, Tennessee, with an overinflated sense of important, as, uh, importance as usual, unless one of, in quotations, you mean maybe in the top 25 games of the year. Let me tell you something about math here, TJ, who, who sent this to me. If it's one of the top 25 games of the year, it's one of the biggest games of the college basketball season. Are you aware of the amount of Division I college basketball teams and how many games are played? And how small a percentage 25 games is over the course of an entire college basketball season? Yes, it's one of the top 25 games. Even if it's borderline, that makes it one of the biggest games of the year. This ends my rant. And of course, it makes it one of the biggest games of the weekend if it's one of the biggest games of the year, correct? Yes. Any, any game that you're playing in late February or March that could change tournament seating, that's a big game. Now, uh, TJ's, the, the Twitter handle is at Cats. Preds, there Titans. you go. There you go. Kentucky, he's one of, he's one of those. Titans fan. Cats, he, Preds, one, Titans. One of those. Yes. Yeah. Oh, overinflated sense of importance. It's a big game. So is Kentucky, Arkansas. I bet if I said that's one of the biggest games of the year, he'd have no issue with that one. Does he end everything with roll tide also? Probably. Yeah. Alabama football tent fan as well? Yeah, exactly. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Eric Bieniemy is expected to return to the Kansas City Chiefs as offensive coordinator. Hey, one thing about that, we, yeah. we, we touched on that yesterday with Armando. One of the things that also made that take time is 
Head coaches around the league for the openings were hired late. And so them hiring their offensive coordinators came late. And there was a possibility, because his contract was up, that he could have decided to go somewhere else and change scenery late. So that's one of the reasons that this came about late. They've rehired Matt but Nagy but, also on the offensive staff there. But the reports were that Bienemy and Andy Reid had a meeting. If you're just bringing him back, I mean, why, why the meeting? If you're just running it back. Well, I mean, I think anybody with an expired contract to, to re-sign is going to have a meeting. Say, where do we go from here? And I would imagine was, he had other opportunities. It was weird. It wasn't a normal, oh, contract's up, we'll get a deal done. He's a great offensive coordinator. There was, some, there was a lot of question about whether or not he was going to be retained, I feel like. I don't think that's always the case. Or, or, Especially or, someone that's had their offensive success. It felt, Paul, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. He had other opportunities. It felt like I don't know how much, if but he the had another opportunity and he took it, it would be welcomed. That, that's how I took it. Like, if you get another job, we're thankful that, you know, thanks for what you did here and you, you deserve the job. And it's kind of like a, what, what would it take to keep you? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's remarkable, by the way. So, uh, L.A. It loses. The Rams lose a couple offensive coaches. McVay replenishes. Now, San Francisco loses its quarterback coach to replace the, the offensive coordinator from Kentucky that uh, McVay took. The ability of these coaches, I mean, there is just perpetual change. If you're a good offensive coach, a good offensive staff in the league, Change is constant. Like, if you get a year where you don't have change, that, that's the exception. Not continuity on your – you can't expect coaching continuity on your side of the ball if you're a good offensive football team. And I, I think it's a tribute to Shanahan and McVay that they just go, kind of go about their business and churn, and, and there's no, uh, no sign of any – anything resembling panic well and they're uh, they're able from to go the back fan bases either i don't think in nashville if mike vrabel loses somebody of substance on either offensive or defensive staff i think people are like oh uh, that's trouble they have faith in vrabel his ability to hold things together have teams to plod through and everything but losing a key assistant is a bigger deal well and keep in mind the rams they lost kevin o'connell we knew that. He's now the head coach with the Vikings, so they, they had the opening. They replaced him with, with Lee and Liam Cohen, who had left um, and had worked with McVay, left the Rams, went to Kentucky. They got him back, and then Wes Phillips is now the offensive coordinator. He was on their staff in L.A. this year. He's now following O'Connell. So yep. you're Round right. around it goes. Austin Price, FallQuest.com, joins us to preview Tomorrow's matchup between Tennessee and Auburn. Bruce Pearl has certainly had some success since leaving the Vols. He had success in Knoxville, success in Auburn, and uh, he has he has owned the series, but gives a lot of praise, Austin, to this Vols team and what should be a, a great game tomorrow, especially because Tennessee's at home and we know how they play at Thompson Bowling Arena. No, you're exactly right, Jonathan. Uh, you know, Bruce Pearl's very savvy. He's a veteran. He knows how to, you know, talk up the opponent, uh, you know, especially one that, you know, he does have a lot of respect for and uh, a place he has a lot of respect for. So I'm not surprised at all to hear him come out with the comments that uh, he had high praise for this Tennessee team. But I'd also is to kind of fire up his team and kind of get them motivated 
for what will be a raucous, hostile atmosphere at Thompson Bowling Arena tomorrow. And this is an Auburn team that's lost, you know, a couple of games in conference, both on the road, both very close. They're still unbelievably talented, but I think he wants to kind of like, you know, whip them into shape and, you know, kind of get them focused on what is a, a big game for the Tigers just as much as it is for Tennessee. Are there campouts? The students camping out for this game? I don't know if they are or not. Um, I would say no, but you know, it's not till four o'clock tomorrow. So you can, hey, that, hey, you I mean, if you're looking for a reason to do morning. something different on campus, I mean, uh, Chad would be they'll, camping out. I'm just they'll, saying they'll cold. get there. Early. I've never camped out, but I, I guarantee you there will be a line there early tomorrow morning. That'll wait yeah. all day to get in uh, early. There's, there's no doubt about that to me, Austin, just a huge part of this game. John Fulkerson can't have two shots or two points in this game. I know he's coming off the hip injury, but Fulkerson, with the emergence of Adu, is Brandon Huntley-Hatfield turning a corner for this team? I think Plofsic is what he is at this point, but what do you think about Tennessee's post players holding up against Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, which is a very different type of challenge? It is. You know, it's more so the old uh, Sports Center, you know, slogan, you, you don't expect to stop them. You just can hope to contain them. You know, I mean, like, I think that's – the thing can Tennessee do enough? You know, Kessler's going to have blocks. He's going to, you know, get some easy points in the paint. Jabari Smith's phenomenally talented, um, but can can you just slow him down enough? You know, and 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 you know, and maybe it's one of those situations where it's hey, let's ha- let those two have theirs and not let anybody else have anything. You know, it you can go you can go a couple of different ways here because I mean Auburn's guards aren't nearly as talented as have they have been in years past especially when Bruce made that final four run a few years ago but they're still very capable and so the last thing you want to do is kind of fall asleep you know on those those guards trying to you know focus on Kessler and and Jabari so you know I, I think more than anything it's kind of you know, just kind of do what you do, play solid defense, and see what happens inside TBA. When you look at the best teams in the conference, guys, Kentucky hasn't lost at home. I don't think Arkansas has lost at home. Tennessee has not lost at home, and neither has Auburn. Those are the four best teams in the conference, and they're all good at home for what, what reason? Because they're all tough places to play, and it's hard to win on the road against a quality opponent. So, you know, this is a real chance for Tennessee to get a huge quad one win and, uh, you know, potentially finish this thing out 4-0, down the stretch here after that loss to Arkansas. Has has Rick Barnes come close to figuring out, because this is a team he's really toyed with uh, all year uh, from a lineup perspective. Do you feel like as we get closer to the SEC tournament, Austin, that he's figured some things out about what he wants to do? We know what he wants to do at the end of a game when it's close with a guard-heavy lineup. But guys that are getting minutes, is, it, is he still figuring that out at this point in the year? A, a prime example is... Justin Powell not playing, and V.J. Bailey getting a bunch of minutes against Missouri. What do you make of the lineups yeah. at this point? Well, I think he's still figuring some things out, but he ultimately he knows that Zakai Ziegler and Kennedy Chandler drive the train. They're driving the train, and, and they're doing it at a really nice level. You know, you're, you're getting pretty consistent play out of Josiah Jordan-James, and then it's, you know, as you pointed out, it's John Fulkerson, you know, kind of having his roller coaster year. But when he's on, he's really good. When he's off, he's not very good at all. But, you know, I think he kind of is who he is at this point. There's going to be moments where he's really good. There's going to be moments where he disappears. And it kind of is what it is. Can Tennessee kind of, you know, mix and match solid play from a Victor Bailey Jr., from 
you know, a, a Jonas Adu from a Brandon Holly Hatfield or or whoever um, to mix a, in there with those guards play the, the two guards, the, tr- the two true freshman guards, and Josiah Jordan James. To me, that's the key in all of this. Is you don't have to have them all. You just got to have one or two mixing and matching each game with that core group. Let's talk a little football, Austin. Is Tennessee any closer uh, to hiring a, a wide receiver coach after Cody Burns left for the NFL? Well, I think you're looking at a hire sometime early to mid next week. Um, I think the person will be in place um, by, you know, Tennessee's junior day on March 5th. And so you're looking at, you know, a handful of candidates that Tennessee's, you know, talked to at least in some, you know, formal setting or, you know, in some cases less than formal setting just to kind of gauge interest and kind of see where you are. I, I went back when Cody Burns left. I told Brent Hubbs then, you can go one of three ways for this hire. You can go with somebody you know. You can go with someone at a smaller school that, you know, um, you know, would be looking to kind of climb the ladder as far as get to a bigger school. Or you can go and look at that, quote, person who is at that Derek Dooley year three program that, you know, is just looking to kind of restart and, and, and reset. Um, you know, and, and when you look at Grant Hurd in Indiana, or potentially David Johnson at Florida State or whoever, those are all places where, you know, a, a not-so-great year next year probably results in a change. And so, um, you know, I, I think Tennessee's still kind of filling out the process, um, and, and we'll see where we go from there. I've heard another name. I'm going to drop that on the on, on ball quest here in a little bit. <laughs> and so – Is it a big um, name, you know, Austin? Keep your eyes Give us a hint. Is it a big name? Is it a big school name? Small school I wouldn't name? call it – I wouldn't call it – I mean, no one – again, you're not getting any big names. Is it a familiar name? How about that? Could be to some. It could be to some. Uh, I think it depends. I mean, he's, he's coached in the SEC before. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll – you know, we'll, we'll – we have to you have to tune over to Volquest to figure it All out. Right. Welcome Derek Dooley back to Knoxville, wide receiver <laughs> coach under Josh Eiffel. You mentioned you mentioned Grant Hurd from from Indiana as one. Obviously worked with AJ Brown and DK Metcalf at, at Old Miss. You have any sense of how much he was uh, responsible for developing those guys there under you, Freeze? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, he, he was a key part in it. I, I think that he's, he's done a solid job along the way. And, again, it's, it's got that kind of co-offensive coordinator title, I believe, in Indiana. But, you know, a year from now, Indiana could be in a different, you know, with a different coach. You know, they kind of fell hard after that really spectacular 2020 year. Um, you know, they, they kind of fell hard this past year. Can they reset and kind of find their footing again? Or are they going to be in a world of hurt, you know, come – you know, next December and likely making the change. So um, he's someone that I think that, you know, had a, had a, had a, did a nice job of developing is a solid recruiter and uh, has always had good receivers no matter where he's been. Spring game is not going to be at Nissan Stadium. We, we all expected that. Garth Brooks was scheduled to play last fall at Nissan Stadium. It was canceled due to weather and then postponed indefinitely due to COVID numbers. He just canceled the rest of his tour. Um, so he's playing the weekend of the Tennessee spring game and at Nissan stadium and the teardown and everything else involved would end up being a huge hassle to, to make sure that Tennessee could get that game in. Are they just going to do that at Neyland stadium or are they going to look elsewhere? They can't do it at Neyland. There's too much construction in there. They can't practice or anything. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think Tennessee will just do some kind of extra practice on, on campus. Um, you know, 
Uh, and, and we'll see where they go from there, whether that's, you know, using their practice facility fields over uh, at the Neil and Thompson sports complex, or, you know, using the soccer stadium to have some type of like family day with, you know, um, with, with recruits present either way, it, it this does not look like there's going to be a spring game this year. And considering it's masters moving day guys, I'm not going to complain about not having to be in a, uh, in a press box somewhere. Well, is it, is it a blow to recruiting? And I only ask for this reason. I mean, that, that is a, a weekend where they bring, you know, players to the game and there's fans there and it's not an SEC network. I mean, there is a TV window allocated to every team, I believe, Austin, where they're going to air their game uh, on SEC Network. Does Tennessee just lose out on all of that? No, because I think they can still do that. I think that would be, you know, the advantageous part of, you know, doing it, whether it be at the, you know, just the practice facility or using the soccer stadium or whatever. Um, you know, you could still, you know, put up cameras, play the game, you know, and, and go from there. Um and if recruits can still be there, they miss the fan element of that, sure. Um, especially but at this the same year. time, huh? Especially this year with the momentum of the returning players. You you know you have Hendon Hooker, and I mean there, there's a lot of expectation that I think the, the casual fan who hasn't been would make plans to go. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, you know, I I think because of the fact that you've got a returning quarterback, all the other guys are great, but you know yep. the quarterback drives the train. There's and as you pointed out. With, with with Hendon Hooker back, the interest level heading into the season, what people think Tennessee is going to be now and what fans build themselves up into by July is going to be two different things, all because Hendon Hooker's back. And he offers that kind of hope that uh, Tennessee fans have not had since the days of Josh Dobbs. Uh, Austin, recruiting, um, there's a big weekend coming up for Tennessee. The quarterback, well, I'm going to let you pronounce his name because you do it so beautifully every time. Five-star quarterback coming in. Five-star pronunciation. Nico Iaomaliava. Iaomaliava. Well done. Um, What's the timetable for him? How big of a weekend is coming up for Tennessee in recruiting? Well, it's big. I think it's big when you're talking about Tennessee's courtship of Nico um, because I think you're going to walk out of next weekend um, because he's going to be here for three days. And I think you're going to walk out of that weekend going, okay, we got a shot or I don't know if he was really feeling us, you know, that, that might be a really, really tough pull. Um, you know, so I, I think you have a much better feel coming out of next weekend. That doesn't mean the fans or I will know, but I think Tennessee will know, you know, uh, you know, and have a much better feel coming out of next weekend, but um, you know, uh, elsewhere, I mean, you've got Caleb Herring coming to town. You got Murphy's Burroughs, Justin Brown, you got up just across the state line up in, in, in Bowling Green, you got Christian Conyer, who I think is, you know, he to me is Emmanuel Mosley without having to add the weight. Like Emmanuel Mosley came in at like 125 or whatever. Christian Conyers is a much bigger version of Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, I think he's super talented and, uh, you know, someone that, you know, it's a Tennessee-Kentucky battle, but, you know, his family really likes the staff in Knoxville and Tennessee's got a legit shot there. Um, you know, you, you've got several other guys coming in town. Um, offensive lineman Jamal Jarrett will be here. Um, you know, so, so Tennessee's going to, Work the in-state kids here, whether it be Nathan Robinson or Mark West Taylor or any of the guys I uh, mentioned before. They work some out-of-state kids, you know, and, and and work the defensive lineman and the offensive lineman. How about basketball recruiting? For how big we're talking about this game being, um, a couple important people in the building for for it in terms of uh, tight uh, uh, balls trying to to uh, get their hooks in them. Yeah, I mean, they, they've done a nice job of getting kids to campus. They had the kid from Texas here 
Uh, last week, you know, Tennessee's going to have a couple more visitors coming up this weekend. And, and, you know, important because the atmosphere, important because this chemistry on the team is extremely impressive. Um, you know, but here's the deal. You, you just got to continue to work, you know, all angles, whether it be NIL, whether it be relationships, whether it be, you know, um, you know, you know, what they're wanting to do as far as school. Now, these are all avenues that Tennessee just has to continue to work, uh, you know, whether it be football or basketball, but specifically, I think, with basketball, because you have a real chance with some of these young kids. You've got two guys drafted in the first round a year ago. You know, we'll see what happens this year if anybody goes out and can be in the first round. But Tennessee is, you know, proven that they've been able to put guys in the league. You've got Grant Williams, who's, what, second in the NBA and three-point percentage at this point in the year. That's unbelievable. Um, and just kind of how he's built himself into Bruce Bowen you know, shooting corner threes and playing defense. Um, and so, you know, uh, Rick Barnes has got something to sell and, and, you know, they're going to continue to try to bring in as good a player as they can. Um, but at the same time, Sakai Ziegler also gives Coach Barnes pause because he's like, I found this diamond in the rough with him. I found the diamond in the rough with Grant Williams. It don't always have to be the five-star, you know, blue blood player. You know, sometimes Coach Barnes just can kind of fill it out and find his guys. Austin Price on Twitter, at Austin Priceless, and check out VolQuest for another name for the wide receiver position, wide receiver coach. Um, Excellent tease from Austin. Yeah, so news coming to VolQuest.com. Hey, uh, great to have you on the show, Austin. Appreciate you, man. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks. Hold on a minute. Before we go, before we go, before we go, before we go, we got to give a big shout-out. Brent's not on today. His son, Eli, won the semifinals in the state wrestling 195-pound and under class. Nice. He- wrestles for the state championship tomorrow we want to make sure and congratulate eli at this point big eli's playing with house money and and you know so hopefully he uh he wrestles a young man from trousdale we wish him both the, the best of luck but you know selfishly we're rooting harder for eli tomorrow to bring home a state championship does, wow, does he awesome. have to not eat between now and then I don't know how that works. I know that Hubs told me that they were he was reviewing film. He was doing scouting reports with guys that have wrestled the kid from Trousdale. Um, you know, I, you have to understand, like, <laughs> Brent, I can just – I'd love to have a camera on him as much as I'd like to watch Eli <laughs> wrestle because, I mean, like, I bet you he is wound tighter than a guitar. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just it, – it's pretty neat, man. I mean, Eli is just the coolest awesome. kid and, and, like, literally drives posts. I mean, like, he – you know, we all, you know, they they put the picture of him up on VolQuest last week, and everybody's like, "That's gonna be the mailman's kid," because Eli is this strapping kid with big, broad shoulders and stuff, and and whereas Hubs is, you know, kind of skinny. And uh, Eli, Eli literally kid. goes out on the farm every summer, and he, you know, he drives fence posts, and he does all this stuff um, that like most kids don't do. And he is kind of a self-made man. Still loves Andy Griffith. And of course, uh, you know, just just a just a neat kid, and uh, we're rooting hard for him. Tomorrow. What what time that's is awesome. his match tomorrow? Hub said that he thinks it'll be like four o'clock or something like that. Now I don't know if that's four o'clock central, four o'clock eastern. Right. Um, but he said it'll probably be sometime mid to late afternoon. Where is it taking place? The Cow Palace over there in what Brentwood? Uh, oh, the place like the Ag Center in Franklin? Maybe, maybe the Franklin. Yeah. The yeah. Cow Palace okay. Right okay. Franklin. Interesting. Well. I want to watch online. Uh, we'll have to. It's like the TWSWA network. Uh, how, how do we find this? I'm asking Austin I, that, so many questions he doesn't I don't know. Think it's on. I don't think it's on that. Austin, here's here's one you can't answer. Here's one you can't answer. Will you be posting this name to VolQuest message board right now when you sign off with us? This wide receiver coach name. 
Um, sure, I'll, I'll do that for you guys. Thank you. I'm going to go refresh and, right now. To find and it. he will um, also post the details on how to watch the state the championship match, yes. wrestling match. At and and also post the correct pronunciation of Nico's last name. All, all, all kinds of, of assignments from us. Thank you, AP. At some point, you and I need to re- review my trip to Atlanta Athletic Club last weekend. And uh, that we can do that uh, off Did the you air. play? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was shot awesome. is, uh, shot his age. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, on the first hole. Yeah, uh, if he's the he shot his age if he's the knight and uh in, in Indiana Jones there at the end that's <laughs> been sitting there with the cub all those years. Uh true story. The uh my cousin shot sixty five. Uh wow. two shots off the course record um Same. the week prior to me going there. Uh, I I I have no business being there. Let's put it that way. Austin, you do. And uh, I thought of you as soon as I walked through the pearly gates of Atlanta Athletic Club. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Thank hey, you. Austin Price. He and Brent, they get it done at VolQuest.com. The show is nearly done, but you need to know the games to watch this weekend. That's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Solid sports weekend. Coming up, Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Of course, the Stadium Series tomorrow evening right here in Music City between the Predators and Lightning at Nissan Stadium. That is a 6.30 face-off on TNT. Prior to that game, Kentucky and Arkansas on CBS. Right at the conclusion, if not just before the conclusion of that game, you've got Tennessee and Auburn tipping off in Knoxville. Kansas and Baylor tomorrow evening on ESPN. That's a doubleheader night cap where you have Gonzaga and St. Mary's that tips off at nine o'clock central. Uh, and then Sunday, Louisville, Notre Dame and um, Illinois, Michigan, where we see Martelli coach uh, at home for the Wolverines. That's a two o'clock game on CBS Sunday afternoon. It's a great weekend of college basketball. One slight complaint about college basketball television coverage. I am someone who starts games late because I love to fast-forward through free throws and through timeouts and then catch up to the game eventually at the very end. Um, If you do that on any ESPN broadcast on Saturday, you are missing the first media timeout, up to the first media timeout of your game, because every game runs over, even when it doesn't go to overtime. They very rarely get to a game on time. They have that scrolling ticker at the top of the game that's supposed to be on, and it'll say... Auburn 8, Tennessee 6, and the score will change with the time, and you'll see it on the top almost like you're watching March Madness in the NCAA tournament with different games going on at the same time. throw it somewhere else. It's always – it's never going to ESPN News or ESPNU or anything different. That's one slight complaint. Just back it up 15 minutes, the start window. Give yourself a little cushion. But that doesn't happen too often. Why? why, That makes no sense why they would – not try to give themselves more cushion. Well, if I if I was watching live, I would just go to ESPN Plus and watch it, you know, five, yeah, but, up until it was on television. Uh, yeah. But I don't want to do That's that. That's inconvenient. And no, again, I'm starting it late, so there's no way to well, they avoid get, it. They probably want to get a sports center in or something right on time. I don't know what they're trying to time out there. 
Uh, but they're trying to make sure that it times out to where you get to your marquee night game right at the tip, right? And you have pregame coverage of that, most likely with college game day. That's my that's But expecting my anybody to go to ESPN Plus to catch the whole thing is unreasonable. Yeah, oh, for sure. I agree. For sure. Paul, you got some pool to play this weekend? I have a lot of pool to play. Who knows? Might get to ping pong. Got a little know. pool shark going on over here. I don't know. If you ever get hey, challenged by Paul, don't. Beat me. Hey. Last night, I, hey, I'm not the one. Uh, look out for this kid when he starts sneaking into bars. <laughs> That'll start this weekend on I, Broadway. I am hoping for a lazy weekend around the house. There's going to be a lot of suggestions of Disney Plus movies to watch. <laughs> I know that. Oh, you girls want to watch another movie? Okay. I'm going to be the dad. Uh, I'm going to be them most weekends where I'm usually like, hey, let's get outside. Let's go do something. Like, oh, let's, uh, let's watch oh, Princess Diaries Hopefully, again. for uh, Chad's sake, the music is upbeat in those films. Otherwise, <laughs> the waterworks are going to go. It's oh. going to be a gusher. <laughs> <laughs> You give me a give me a nice John Williams composed theme and uh, an emotional moment at the end. I'm crying every time. Well, we got some packing to do uh, later. In the By the week. way, this is us is great at that. The perfect music to make you cry with the scene. Reed, thank you as always. Great crew as well. Have a great weekend. We are back on Monday live right here at Sixth and Peabody to recap what should be a fantastic live sports weekend. In the meantime, hit us up on the podcast. Check out OutKick.com. And follow us on social media at Outkick360. Practice this weekend. Not blocking the box and locking the locks. Please.